Okay, let's talk business and entrepreneurship and startups. We've got Rebet Hollis on the line. He's joining me from San Francisco. I can't even talk today. Sorry. <laughs> San Francisco. Uh, he's a Kiwi entrepreneur over there. He's also a, a legendary snowboarder as well, I think, um, I believe. Um, Rebet joins me now. Good evening. How are you, my friend? It seems like you need a whiskey. You, you, you lag in, you slip in. Whiskeys are definitely required in about 23 minutes, I think, my friend. I think I'm on a bit of a sugar high, or is the opposite of a sugar high. What's that, a sugar <laughs> crash? A sugar rush crash, because it's Christmas here, and there's um, quite a lot of lollies around the building. And in between each of, uh, during the ad breaks, I dash out of the studio, and I've been eating some snakes. Um, so my, I'm, just a bit, I'm just a bit hyper, I think. I'm just, yeah, but a whiskey would be nice. Have you got a whiskey with you? There you go. Sure do, and oh. it's, um, I think it's with all the rain and stuff in New Zealand, it's absolutely pouring down here as well. So um, I'm only two hours away from Tahoe, and there's about 100 inches expected in, the, in this next week. So it is, it's like uh, two, three, three metres maybe, maybe more. It's a lot. Of rain or snow? Snow. Oh, 108 I was say. inches coming, yeah, that they're oh, expecting. Right. Well, that's incre- incredible. Well, look, in the words of Robert Hollis, let's boogie. Um, we're here to talk about business and startups and, and I guess, um, streamlining your business and making it more efficient and turning your idea into reality. So if you've got any questions for Robert, because this guy's got an incredible brain, and seriously, you just say it to him and he'll just spit out a gazillion different ideas, um, give me a text on 3920. It could be something about how to make your business more efficient. It could be a business idea that you've been thinking about for a while. Um, but what we've learned from the past in doing this, please be specific. So... Don't just say, I've got a business idea, should I do it? You've got to be specific about what kind of business idea it is or specific about what the kind of advice you'd like from Rebet because um, that's what we need, isn't it, Rebet? Some specifics. Yeah, 100%. Oh, just a better context, you know. That's a, Context is king. Yeah. Oh, that should be the tagline for your show. Context is king. Context is king. Um, oh, was it, have you got a Furby in the background? <laughs> no, I accidentally hit my two-year-old daughter's little play toy. Oh, and it okay. just started going on its own little AI program in the corner, so I've just kicked it out of the room. But oh, continue. Back sorry. to the serious business show. <laughs> and I thought you had a Furby. I thought I thought I heard it go Furby in the background where I was walking up. Um, okay, let's. I mean, before the text start rolling in, um, should we should we talk about um, TikTok and how people are using it um, as a way to work their way to the top? Yeah, so I'm quite. I've been really intrigued with the conversion of um, like content creation into actual commerce. And one of my buddies, um, he's actually one of the crew that I've worked with for ages, known him for a while. He's real good. His name's Kanan Any, and he's he's been on TikTok and he's a he's a videographer, he's a producer, but he also is really passionate about music. And he just started doing his own remixes of turning a bunch of different pop songs into reggae songs. And he did one of Adele, and it got like. You know, I think it's like 1.6 million views on it and all sorts. Long story short, he um, now just, after all his, you know, fun passion project stuff blowing up, he's just released a single today with Stan Walker called Come Back Home. It's like this reggae mix. And it was like, he's not in the music game. He's not in the, he's like literally one of my crew that I work with and we do, you know, video production. He's an amazing, awesome dude. And within a couple of months, you know, he's been staying consistent with it. Just from putting content and his ideas out into the world, he's now obviously had a meeting with Universal, signed a dotted line to something, and now he's got a single out with Stan Walker. And it goes to show even in a super local market, when you're really passionate about stuff, to put it out into the world, you know, like if he didn't, um, you know, have those sorts to actually go and do, it never would have happened. And, you know, he's just passionate about something when he created it. He's obviously pretty good at it. 
eyeballs got um, saw it. Didn't cost him didn't cost him a cent. He didn't have to go and you know grease up any media, you know, or, or music executives or anything. He just like created good stuff, put it out into the world, and it's pretty awesome because I, I saw it pop up again today and I sent him a message. And I was super stoked. So there is a massive. There's so much opportunity with you know whatever your passions are to you know create content around it, tell stories, and be able to you know get it out into the ecosystem because eventually what's going to happen now is you know if he's the producer on a Stan Walker track and he's got you know he's got publishing rights on the back end and when it all rolls in perpetuity he could potentially just he made made something for fun that could potentially get paid for the rest of his life all from just putting something on TikTok so as much as people want to you know joke about stuff that's social there's a whole bunch of you know real world implications for it and and for me, I always, you know, have that thing. I say, you know, New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win, and it's just cool seeing another New Zealander win. So that made my heart feel a little bit lighter today, which was quite awesome. So well done, Kane. And um, it's Stan Walker's song. It's called "Come Back Home." There you go, plugged. I'm not even a producer on it. We should we should be giving some plugs there. But yeah, it's, it's yeah I mean, awesome. you're talking about monetizing TikTok. You need to monetize your shoutouts. <laughs> well, he, yeah, next time he's gonna he he owe me he owe me some bricks. But no, it's, I just love seeing. Um, you know, good good creatives creating is, is something pretty awesome, and obviously it converts into into commerce. And now he is, um, you know, hopefully on his way to um, traveling down more of you know the passion that he's into, which is pretty awesome. So, well done, Kanan. Yeah, good on you, mate. Good on you. Um, we've got our first text in here from a guy called Jasper. Well, I think it's a guy. It could be a girl. Jasper says, "I'm thinking about buying into a bakery franchise. Is there anything I should check part of as as part of my due diligence?" Yeah, I mean, depending on, I mean, not that I've bought a bakery before but the first thing that comes to my mind would be looking at the uh the physical footprint of where they've been else in new zealand how many different stores they've gone to what is the retention rate or the ownership structure of who's owned those other franchises how long have they owned them what's the turnover been of like those that have potentially started and then closed um and and then actually go and talk to every single one of them that you potentially can say so, hey you're looking to open up you know what are their systems like how what's the payment terms what's security what's you know, and really do some do some digging on it because, you know, when people do DD like that, they can always, um, you know, especially with franchises and stuff. You know, at the end of the day, I guess you know you're kind of just a number for them that you know pays a percentage up the food chain. I'm always really interested. Like, don't tell me what I'm not listening to what you're telling me. I'm going to listen to what everyone who's not you is talking about you, <laughs> and it's just a really key thing to you know. I guess don't drink the Kool Aid from what they're you know, fancy brochures tell you it's going to be with the return on investment after year number three, which usually looks like a hockey stick where it kind of goes flat, flat, and then just cranks up and, you know, like a, like a startup. Talk to those who've worked with them. Look at the um, look at all the different gaps and the issues that they have. And one of the, the me red flags would be if you ask everyone, you know, what, is, what are some of the challenges, if everyone says kind of the same thing, that could be a pretty big issue going for it. So, do some research, do some digging, and and uh, and go from there. But once again, people are the people that are going to help you. Okay, there you go, Jasper. Um, another one here, no name on it, says, Hi there, I'm in, I'm a mid-20s new business owner. I've brought a digger and a heavy truck and also two implements or attachments for my digger. I've been contracting to my old company doing drainage, earthworks, etc. But, no, but now that work will run out sooner or later. I've barely used these two attachments. Um, they work around twenty k to twenty thousand dollars together. They're sitting there doing nothing. One is a tree trimmer, the other is a tree cutter. Any advice? <laughs> the two things that we're going to—I mean, I, I love it. It was very specific with context. I probably think done two paths. One would be 
what is the current marketing that they're actually doing for his, his products and services. It sounds like if it's drying up soon, he's basically set him up, set him up self up shop but then he's just basically put all his eggs in the one basket of revenue to come from someone who he's already worked with before. So that's actually kind of a potentially a little bit of a dangerous situation because you put all your eggs in, in the one basket of just a, a contract with one person. So I'd be doing two things. One, I'd be looking for what other potential new contracts you can pick up because at the moment he's trying to ask the question of what to do with the two secondary things which aren't there. Well, there's going to be three things that aren't going to be um, working if um, this, this next contract dries up anyway. So basically, you haven't diversified enough, my friend. So I'd be looking at marketing with how you're getting your, um, your, product, your, your products and business out to market. And potentially, I'd be going through um, your Rolodex and thinking about who's in your ecosystem potentially may want to hire on case-by-case basis. Um, but basically, you're, in terms of revenue, there's probably a high risk right now that you're going to go to zero as soon as that contract closes out. So you need to think about your brand, new customers, and um, also potentially who in your ecosystem may need some of those um, some of those other diggers that you could potentially do on short-term rentals as well. So um, definitely a lot of work to do, and um, it's good to get onto it a little bit early because it seems like you've got a little bit of runway, but I would be taking this next week pretty seriously or else you're going to be um, uh, finished the end of the contract and no marketing, no new customers, and you it's not going to be looking too pretty. Yeah, I mean, he could just go on TikTok, couldn't he? He could actually, like, dance with his digger, <laughs> use his digger as, like, a, like do some kind of choreographed dance, do some... There must be something called digger ballet, right? Put some cool music in the background and, and do a dance with his digger. Boom, there you go. That'll get some... That'll go viral. So you've got... You've, you've got my... You've got my creative brain thinking. The first thing I thought when you said that was I would um, like wrap and brand the digger into like very something very particular so it would look like it. I would then do a, a, a video that was then sped to music so then it was like dancing because obviously it doesn't move as fast as people dance. But literally like plan a thing out and then I'd, I'd speed it up and it could be kind of a funny thing and then it would be branded. But the... the, the um, the halo effect would be the cool video going viral, but everyone's seen, let's say if it's Bob's Diggers, then it's Bob Diggers in the logo. And is it like fluorescent, like, you know, is it camo or is it something, whatever it may be? Um, that'd be kind of cool. And that's free eyeballs on it, right? But um, yeah, that's where your head goes to when you create it. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying TikTok can solve everything, but maybe this could just be a fun thing to do over the break as well. Yeah, it would be. And you could chuck it on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. It doesn't just have to be a TikToker. Um, the Mike's message, and this is regarding the one, who, the one who wanted to do a franchise bakery. Mike said, doing due diligence on a bakery should always include eating the donuts. Thank you very much for that, Mike. I completely agree. And the pies, probably. I'd go for a pie instead of a donut. What type of, what type of bakery good um, are you, Robert? Um, a funny story that I've got a friend of mine who actually owns a um, publicly traded company, and one of them is a, a pie company in New Zealand. So I'm quite aware of the pie game a little bit. Um, but if he owns is actually into it, this is a pie thing. I've got like you know 250 venture ideas in my spreadsheet, but one of them is I was just going to say it here and stuff it. I'll just put the IP out to the world, and I'll just claim 10% of it later. Is a a, um, a big stack, which is like a Big Mac for pie, where you put steak and cheese on the bottom, a pastry layer, and then you put venison and cheese on the top. So you do a double stack, and it's a big stack, like a Big Mac, but for pies. The issue, if anyone can try and figure it out, is how to get the middle pastry layer not soggy. And no one's been able to crack it yet. And well, so, hey, you, if you, you, just if you launch the one... pies individually, oh, no, and then no. stack them up after you've cooked them. 
but then you've got the seepage and it's not as tight and oh, enclosed. Yeah, yeah. You know, this, it's very technical, these pies. Do you want it to be like a cylinder? You, anyway. you're, you're thinking like a cylinder and then within that cylinder you've got, you, then you put your pastry around the cylinder and then go, oh yeah, you get seepage and you'd get flavour going moving. But look, there you go. I'm sure someone will, will solve it. We've got a pie expert um, on our production team here, Kathy. She loves a, um, a good pie. She bought him some pies today, some lamb and fig pies, actually. Um, so maybe she could solve that one for you. Um, we've got to take a quick break now, Rebecca, but we've got two texts coming in here. One is from Rick uh, and one is from Shelley, and we'll um, get you to answer those after the break. We've got Robert Hollis on the line. He's joining me from San Fran. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, regarding your idea, Robert, about the stacked pies, um, a bit of feedback coming in here. Sonia says you should blind bake the pastry to stop it going soggy. I'm going to have to Google what that even means, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> well, blind baking is when you um, well, you can do it a number of different ways, but you put you can lay your pastry down on a tray and then put a, a bit of tin foil or a bit of paper over top of it, and then you put some pastry weights on top. It can be some uncooked rice um, on top of it as well, and so it weighs it down and it still cooks it. Um, so that's how you blind bake. I well, think that, you go. I think that's correct. Right, there you go. I, well, I've just I've just liaised with, with my producer, who's a pie expert. I didn't know this. If you asked me a few minutes ago, I wouldn't have had a clue. Um, so that's from Sonia. That's how you blind you bake. Learn so, something every day. Yeah, but I think there's something in it. You could actually create a special mold, pump it full of pastry, cook it, then inject the meat fillings into it. So you've got these little cavities that are. Now, you, now I'm thinking about damned pies. Um, anyway. See. Uh, yeah. Big stack, mate. Big stack. Um, we've got a message here. Well, there's another one. There's a few here, so we've got to go through these very quickly. But Isabel says, Hi, I'd like to launch my business perishable food product that needs to stay frozen. It's a gourmet finger food style product like Heat and Eat. I'm not sure whether I should um, market to the general public or focus on food outlets. For example, restaurants, pubs. Thank you. That is from Isabel. I think the first one would be is the business model B2C or B2B? Like, is it business B2B, like business to business? Are you selling to New World, which we then sell on behalf? Or B2C, which is, you know, business to consumer, you going direct to to the public and, and selling it that way? Because that's going to change your two different approaches, right? Because, you know, the end of the day, when you do a, a B2B, like a business to business play, if you're trying to sell it to, you know, the big sort of the pack and saves in the new worlds of the world or whatever it may be, you know, they've got procurement, there's a million people trying to get in, and it's a lot, lot, lot harder the other way to think of it, or the easiest way, is to build build brand and hype from the ground up. But obviously, it needs to be a good product first. My gut would say, if you go try to start off as a one man or one woman band, B two B is probably not going to um, work as good for the big big crew because you've got to gain some momentum and traction. And any any big supplier is going to want to see that you've got you know people that demand locally that's um, growing out uh, nationally and then social stuff too. So social is going to play a bit of a role. Um, but apart from that, the, probably the main one I'd be thinking about is the is the product and the pro- the pricing, right? Um, and starting off locally and small, and, and proving that you could sell, you know, fifty of them, a hundred of them, or whatever it may be. But the next part of it as well, which is pretty tricky, obviously, in the frozen good space. I've got a a friend who dabbles in this in this world with big sort of um, frozen infrastructure storage units and bits and pieces. Is um, the second you get a big order. Can you even fulfill it if you don't have the places to potentially store and stash? So logistics is going to be an absolutely massive part of it and supply chain as well. So um, I would start with um, with product first and then I would think strategically around 
you know, if you got one big order from Pack and Save for you know ten thousand, you actually couldn't even fulfill it because you don't have the infrastructure in place. So I'd be working through, you know, if I sell one, what do I do? If I sell a hundred, what would I have to do? If I sell a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, think of the scalability of what you're going to do and the strategies for that. That's probably the first place I'd start because, you know, you get you get one big order from from one of the big dogs and it actually could sink you before you even start. Um, there's a message here from Philip saying Sonia's way regarding uh, blind baking will not work. It will still go soggy. No one has done the fold over yet. <laughs> so, look, I mean, you're creating a lot of chatter here. And I've just had an idea for myself. Like, right. you know the Sky Tower, the Auckland Sky Tower? You could call your product the Pie Tower. You could call it Pie Tower because it is a pie tower. Funny, funny enough, I know some of the people there, so that, that could be a possibility. But to, to the point, though, while everyone's texting in, it's because I've talked to literal pie experts, and they can't figure out how to do it at scale, back to the point before of that question. Because if you did it and you can get distribution, how are you going to actually be able to do it? Because a small bespoke person would do it. Not that we're spending the last five minutes of your awesome year, Lloyd, talking about pies, but it's, it's, it's planted a seed of entrepreneurship. And thinking in your head, which I'm actually pretty proud of. Well, so someone, you know, we'll, someone we'll says, keep it moving. This, this needs to be a foldable pie. This is from Philip. Have it as a foldable pie. Imagine two square pies joined together on one side. You fold it over <laughs> in itself, and then there is your crispy middle layer. <laughs> this isn't a Samsung commercial, all right? <laughs> we, we but like, hey, I'm open to if there is a, um, considering there's so much demand, if we've, all these weeks of talking about all these great ideas, we, we, if we've come down to pies, then if anyone out there has, has got a great, potentially scalable solution to be able to get me my double stack, big stack pie of steak and cheese at the bottom, pastry in the middle, and venison cheese on the top, which I can get distribution for, feel free to reach out to me. I'm very easy to track down, and but, and we can... We can have a chat. You could have like four square pies and then you fold them all onto each other. And then oh, they're all. That's a good way to. Although someone's messaging saying, Lloyd, this is pie in the sky tower. <laughs> and Sonia's messaged in some more more blind baking tips. This is hilarious, isn't it? Um, imagine, the, imagine the small little tomato sauce sachets that, that fold. It's just like that. It's completely scalable. You can definitely do this. This is Philip. Philip, you need to turn this idea into a reality. I mean, if Rebecca can't do it over in San Fran, the home of entrepreneurship, yeah. then you know maybe you can. Go for it. <laughs> oh, heck. Done. Pie, pie Lego. I know. Okay, what else we got, Lloyd? Um, we've got to go because it's it's like a minute away from news, so we've got to go, mate. We've got to go. Oh, yeah, but look. This I'll, has been fun. This has been fun. It has been. Rick and Shelley, I see your questions there, but I'll save them. Oh, we don't have it next week. Okay, I'll save them until next year. I'll save them until next year. Um, so we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Um, go and have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks so much for all your effort um, joining our show this year. I've loved it. And I've loved getting to know you. That is Rebecca Hollis. He's an entrepreneur, a Kiwi dude over in San Fran. And what a legend. Crikey. I mean, the, the screen is still lighting up with text coming in about, about pie towers and foldable pies. Okay, that is a